So we're going to start this evening looking at God's Word for just a moment. So you can start turning to John, 1 John, excuse me, 1 John 4. But I want to take a minute and spend some time just in God's Word. But 1 John 4 is where we're going to be this evening, and you can find your way there. But um, let me just start by saying I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited always to worship with a, a group and um, just to, to celebrate something like Christmas Eve. Um, so I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to be here. And, and more importantly, I'm glad that you're here because uh, if not, I'd be preaching to myself. So I'm, I'm excited that you decided to come and worship with us this evening to reflect on uh, Christmas Eve and more importantly, to help me uh, clean up the uh, hot chocolate and coffee back there. So don't be shy and, and make sure you get some on your way out this evening. But uh, when I started thinking about maybe sharing something tonight, uh, I thought about kind of what I wanted us to get at, what I, what I wanted us to do. And, and what I want us to do is I want us tonight to pause for a moment. I'm sure you're, you're kind of realizing the crazy of Christmas, and you've been realizing that probably for a, a few weeks, but, but I wanted to take a minute to pause this evening and I wanted to tune our hearts to worship, to reflect on who Christ is, and to, to think about what His birth means to us. So the, the, the fun part of the, the, the service is going to come in a minute when we get to pass the candle and, and celebrate light coming into the world. But for a moment, I want us just to take, take a minute and slow down and think about what God's word says to us and what the birth of Jesus means. When I started thinking about Christmas, I was thinking about gifts. I think about gifts a lot. I don't, anybody else think about gifts a lot this time of year? You're, you're, you're spending some time shopping or maybe if you're the husband, your wife is the one thinking about the gifts and, 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 and maybe you don't think about it. But we talk about gifts, we think about gifts, and, and, and we start looking into uh, what it means to give a gift. When I think about gifts, there's kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? There's good gifts. Sometimes we give really good gifts. Sometimes we give really bad gifts, and we don't necessarily mean to. Or there's the ugly, like maybe an ugly sweater or something like that, right? There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I was thinking about that. One time, um, Courtney gave me a gift of a hammock. And this was when we were in college in Texas. And... Um, it was a very, very thought-out gift and very well-intentioned, but, but there's two problems with getting a hammock in Texas. The first problem is Texas is pretty warm, right? It's really hard to sit in a hammock outside in Texas, especially in the summer. But the other thing about getting that hammock was, was she gave it to me when I was living in a college house, and our college house was kind of in the ghetto. So I don't know if you've ever sat in a hammock in the ghetto, but it's not really the most friendly place to sit in a hammock. I mean, there was gunshots down the block, right? So in some ways, I was, I mean, I, I love hammocks. But it turned out not to be the best gift ever. I think we still have it. I think it's in our, the attic of our garage, and we haven't pulled it out in a while. But, but it, was, it, it was well thought out, but it just was kind of a flop in the greater scheme of things. Here's what I'm getting at. Tonight, we celebrate Christmas Eve, and, and we reflect on the birth of Jesus Christ, the fact that, that, that he became a man and, and, and was born. And when we're looking at the birth of Jesus, we're, we're looking at the fact that in 
everything that happened, God was purposeful. God did the things the way that he did them on purpose. He was very intentional in what he did. And in all of it, he has major plans, not, not just for Mary and Joseph or the shepherds or the wise men, but for all of us. Plan that, plans that involve the whole world. Plans that involve everyone. Plans that involve you. So tonight we're going to be in 1 John, and the theme we're getting at is that in Christmas we can have hope because God offered himself for us. So look at 1 John 4, if you would, with me. 1 John 4, we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 11, starting in verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us, and really the key. John is getting at. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So when we're looking passage, we kind of know all the things that we celebrate with Christmas, right? We know all the things that we, we look that Mary and Joseph had the baby in the manger. And we know that, that, that the wise men came to see a baby Jesus. The shepherds were nearby and the angels spoke to them and was declaring God's glory. And all this, I think the biggest point is that God has given us the greatest gift in Jesus Christ. So what, what John is telling us is that the whole purpose of Jesus being born so, so that we would one, so that Jesus one day would visit the cross. What John is getting at is, is that, that when Jesus was born, it wasn't just about a baby in a manger, but he was looking down the road to the day that he would die on the cross, and more importantly, be raised from the grave for each one of us. Jesus was born to come and die. And to give us hope, to give himself up so that we could embrace that we find in him. So that's what we're going to look at this evening. And I think from this passage, there are a few simple things that we can take away, that we can hear John telling us tonight. The first thing that I want you to see in this passage is that we have hope because God loves us. We have hope this Christmas season and every Christmas season because God loves us. Two things really stick out in this passage to me. The first thing that we see about God's love in this passage is, is first, it was costly. When we're looking at the fact that Jesus came, Scripture tells us that this was God's only son. It was his son. I mean, my son is going to be two years old in April. I can't imagine giving my son up for somebody else. I can't even think through the possibility of that. So for God, the first thing we see in his love is that it was costly. He sent him, his son, to save us. But I think the second thing that we see in what John is telling us is that it was unrepeatable. That it was a once for all. It wasn't going to happen again because it was his only son. It wasn't like, oh, in, in a couple years, if this doesn't pan out, I'm going to have another son and we'll try it again. No, this was God's only son. And John is telling us this was his once for all sacrifice. 
it was his only son. So it was an unrepeatable mission. There wasn't any do-overs. There wasn't a second time. This was what everything hinged on. In other words, when we're looking at these two things, that it was costly and it was unrepeatable, what we see is that God solves our problems at his expense. When we look at Christmas, we look at what we've got going on, and we see that God solves everything that we struggle with through his expense, not through what we bring to the table. When I'm thinking about this, I think of of what really makes a good gift. There's kind of that theme throughout this message tonight. When we're thinking about what what makes a good gift, I think there's uh, several elements. First of all, when you give a good gift, there needs to be some kind of cost, right? Like if we're if we're honest, like unless you like really small inexpensive things, like 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 we want the expensive stuff, right? Like man, if someone got me a new truck, I'd be I'd be good. Like man, that'd be an awesome Christmas present. I know that's not going to happen, but like, but, but man, we love that. Like, that's a, that's a great gift or, or, or even for me, like a rifle or something. That's, that's costly. You know, it always seems like sometimes the best gifts are the most expensive, but at the same time, even, even outside of, out of money, the cost of, of somebody really thinking through it, right? That there's some cost to that or, or, or even creativity, like they've, they've, they've thought through and, and really done something creative or, 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 or maybe they've even uh, pushed it further and they've spent a lot of time on it. Those are the gifts that we really like. Or, or uh, the other thing we like about a gift is it's not repeated. Like when you get the same gift two, two Christmases in a row, I mean, how disappointed are you? Unless you really like, I don't know, socks or something. God bless our grandmothers. Like, like the best gift isn't the same gift. It's a new gift, Right? So we like to see the, in the gifts that we get that, that they're costly, they, they, they took some time to think about or, or creativity, and that they're not repeated. We see these things in Christ, probably to the, to the most uh, immense measure that we could ever see. In Christ, the, the, the gift that we find is immeasurable. There's never been a better gift so, so to apply this first point a little bit, in Christmas Eve, we must respond to God. A few weeks ago, I preached about the shepherds. Now, the shepherds responded to the angels speaking to them. And so when we're celebrating Christmas Eve, the, 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 the way that we acknowledge that, that he is the best gift we could ever have is that we respond like the shepherds, like the, the wise men, even like Mary and Joseph, who, who seemed like maybe they were in a bad place, but, but responded to God in a humble way. And the way that we need to respond is that we need to see the extraordinary purpose in this baby Jesus, not just for the world, but for our own lives. The way that, that you see Jesus is the best gift tonight and in the next day or two, and for the rest of your life as you respond, acknowledging that, that he is extraordinary purposeful for your life. That he has a plan and that he's working it out and that he has given us the greatest gift we could ever have. I, th- I think it's easy to sum this up and, and we find this in, in scripture, but, but the way that we respond to that is that we love God and then we love others. That, that's what even John is telling us right now, that God loved us, he gave his son, so we love God and then we love others. Because of what Christ has done, we can rightly love God and draw near to him. 
So on Christmas, we see that. We see an opportunity to, to draw near to God, but then we see what Jesus has done for us, and then we have the opportunity to love others and to make an impact in somebody else's life. That's why we give gifts at Christmas. We see the greatest gift we've ever been given, and we turn right back around and we give to others. And following God means that we are most satisfied in him. To follow and love and, 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 and be obedient to God is when we're most satisfied in him and nothing else. When we consider what Christ has done and, and when he was born as a baby, looking down the road to the cross, we know that he was doing it for us. And that drives us to worship. And when we consider these things that he's done, we, we, we turn to others in love. You, you think about maybe that annoying coworker that, that drives you nuts. You respond to them in love. Or, or your neighbor that puts trash on your side of the property, right? You respond to them in love. Or the cop that just gave you a ticket because you were late here. Nobody raise your hand. No, I'm kidding. You respond to that cop in love. You respond in love because Christ has loved us and given everything for us. But I think in this, in, in, in 1 John 4, he makes a second point. Our second takeaway, if you're taking notes, is we can have hope because Christ is real. Because Christ is genuine. We can have hope because Christ is genuine. He's the only thing, because of his genuineness, his realness, he's the only thing that can truly bring us joy this time of year and, and throughout the year. Christ is the key to life. If we look at everything else and we, we look at them compared to Christ, we see that, that, that Christ is the key to life and everything else ends up being a dead end. Just look at the second part of verse 9 in, here in 1 John 4. Second part of first, verse 9, John is expounding on this. So he's, he's, he's speaking to us. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. And then he says, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him, that we might have life. That's what John is, is writing this letter about, is that we might have life through who Jesus is. When I was thinking more about gifts today and, and using this analogy, uh, a, a, real, a, a good gift is genuine. It's real. Like, have you ever got a knockoff for a gift? Like, like you want something really cool. I was thinking some of the, the most popular gifts in, the, in years past. Like, anybody remember Furby? I mean, if you found a genuine Furby, those things were going for hundreds of dollars, right? And I'm sure in the midst of that, they were making these fake Furbies or something that was close to it. Like, anybody want the fake Furby? I don't think so. You want the real Furby. Or, or uh, like the Tickle Me Elmo. Remember when that was crazy? Like, the Tickle Me Elmo was a big deal? And they was paying hundreds of dollars for the Tickle Me Elmo? You don't, you don't want to knock off Tickle Me Elmo, right? Or like when I was a kid, I, I remember one Christmas, I've, I've preached about this before, but yo-yos were a big deal. Man, if you got a knockoff yo-yo, that, that was the worst. Because it had to have that like real clutch. And, and I felt bad for my mom because I wanted a yo-yo that was like 100 bucks. Like a yo-yo that cost 100 bucks. But you didn't want that. You didn't want the fake one. You wanted the genuine, the real, the, 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 the thing that, was the, that, that everybody wanted. They were spending hundreds of dollars to get. Nobody wants the fake. It's a letdown. I think many times we, we, we struggle to find joy this time of year because we seek all the things that are liable to make us disappointed, all the things that are a counterfeit for who Jesus is, all the things that are, aren't, aren't the real Jesus. 
So this time of year, we're trying to fill our lives and, 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 and the things we're struggling with, uh, with the things that end up leaving us feeling empty. They're just not genuine or, or they're even superficial. What we see in Christ is, is, is we know that he is real. And when we seek all these other things before seeking Christ, we, we, we get to a point where we're disappointed. You see, here's, here's the thing. This is my favorite thing about Jesus coming. My favorite thing about the fact that, that, that he came at Christmas and, and we have a Savior that, that gave his life for me, for us. The, the, the greatest thing is he takes all those things that we try to replace him with and he actually makes them better. What I'm saying is if we get these things in the right order, if we get the real Jesus, our first priority, the Furby ends up being even better. Or to apply it to real life, when when we get Jesus in the right perspective and we put him where he needs to be in our life, our family is that much better because our relationships work the way they're supposed to work. When when we put Christ first and and then we have a better perspective on money, we'll never have an issue being satisfied with what we make because we've put those things in the right order. You see, when we get things in the wrong order. That's, that's when we are, are felt left, are left feeling disappointed. We're feeling left let down like we have the counterfeit or the fake or the thing that doesn't really bring us joy. Man, if, if you're looking for happiness and you first seek Christ, you'll have unending joy. That's what Christmas is about. And this whole series, in that thought, is so much hope. There's so much hope in the fact that if we get things in the right order, if we go to the real Savior, the the, the real God that we need before everything else, he makes everything else that much better. So as I start to wrap this up, John is telling us that God's love is on display for us in the birth of Jesus Christ. We see the love of God in that birth of Jesus Christ and ultimately the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus we can't have Easter without Christmas. And there's a forward-looking hope from Christmas to Easter. So our challenge tonight, as we're, as we're thinking about this, as we're opening gifts, as we're going through the next couple days, our challenge is to push past the cliche of Christmas. Now, don't hear me say it's bad. You don't have to be a Grinch and just be like, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas, I just do Jesus. No, the point is to push past the cliche. We, we kind of come and we, we know what we're supposed to do, right? You know what to expect. Like, you kind of know the songs that we might sing, or you not, might know the whole story. Like, you can probably relate everything, or, or you come to expect, like, ham tomorrow for lunch or, or cookies. What I'm saying in this is in the midst of all the awesomeness of Christmas, in the midst of celebrating the way that we celebrate and enjoying our families, push yourself, challenge yourself, to push beyond that cliche and embrace the spiritual impact, the spiritual significance that Jesus holds. There's so much more than just our families and cookies and hams and, and Furbies. To embrace the spiritual reality of the baby that was born 2,000 years ago. The reality that, that God loved you so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for you. That you can have hope because Christ come for you. And ultimately, he came not to condemn, but to give life. 
So as I can conclude this evening, I'd like us to respond. So if everybody would close their eyes and bow their heads.